0: This is SG2 Perspectives, a conversation with SG2 experts and industry thought leaders about the biggest trends in healthcare and what we expect that's going to mean for the future of healthcare delivery.
1: We do see organizations who have a strong culture of data and analytics, those organizations who are very comfortable leveraging data to make strategic decisions, as being able to more quickly and more adeptly integrate the health equity data into their strategic planning and also into specific initiatives. The data savvy organizations do tend to have that data forward approach, which we do see as being a specific advantage in addressing health equity, especially when we're thinking about reducing clinical disparities.
0: Welcome to SG2 Perspectives. I'm your host, Trevor Durin. Today we're going to talk health equity, a topic that is seeping into just about everything we do on. SG2 Intel. It's now being embedded in SG2 Analytics, which we'll talk a little more about. And so I asked my two colleagues, Carol Kapaski and Rihanna Henson, to join me because they're having many, many conversations with members and doing a ton of work and research in this area to share how even at a time where health systems are super internally focused and have a lot of internal operational concerns, they're still staying focused on health equity. Carol, you're our principal thought leader in this area. Are you optimistic health systems are going to be able to use their incredible resources, their local influence, their expertise to make an impact in health equity?
1: I am still optimistic, Trevor. I look to where some of those investments are being made. We've seen a lot of commitment to leadership in this space. We've seen organizations create those positions like chief health equity officer, VPs of health equity, and we do still see that commitment from many boards and CEOs that this is a priority for our community and we want to make it a priority for how we deliver care to our community as well. There certainly are headwinds, but I would say on the whole, this aligns very tightly with our fundamental mission in healthcare. We want to ensure that we're giving all the members of our community that opportunity to reach their full health potential. We will continue to see health systems prioritize reducing health disparities and addressing social determinants of health well into the future.
0: Rihanna, what do you think? Are you still optimistic?
1: Yes, I
2: think that we've definitely seen a lot more optimism among health systems and their leaders in the health equity space as they're moving forward. We definitely see an uptick in partnerships being developed, more engagement at the C-suite level and building health equity within the strategic plan within the health system's overall strategy.
0: Carol, how have you seen health systems maintain that focus right now when at the same time they're thinking short-term growth, we still have the same workforce challenges, focus on capacity, like there's really tough short-term problems, how are they staying focused on health equity?
1: For some organizations, especially our more savvy organizations, they see health equity and that health equity lens applied to some of those very big challenges that they're facing as more of an opportunity for solves as opposed to a yes and. So when we're thinking from a workforce perspective, we're seeing organizations really take those opportunities to invest in career pathing for their communities and helping to create those career pipelines. Not only does that help to have a workforce that more closely reflects the community in which you're providing care. It also can help with those longer term workforce challenges that we are anticipating. We also see organizations really thinking about, we'll share some interesting insights that we found on the potential for use rate variation tied to some of those social determinants of health. But as we're thinking about where are those opportunities for strategic growth, are there opportunities to more effectively partner upstream to help to avoid some of those avoidable inpatient admissions? We are seeing some of those initiatives that can help to alleviate capacity constraints or access challenges challenges, really dovetail really uh, nicely with helping to reduce health disparities in the community. Those are two big challenges. We do see organizations applying a health equity lens as they're looking for solutions. We also see a lot of external pressures continuing to support a health system focus on this. We are seeing increased pushes from CMS. We're seeing CMS incorporating more metrics in their pay-for-performance programming associated with social needs and social risk goals. We're also seeing third-party organizations and ranking institutions incorporating health equity-type metrics into their rankings and their accreditation programs. So there's some external pressures, there's some opportunities to solve some of those big problems with a health equity lens. But then we're also seeing a lot of focus just on how can we as health systems deliver that high quality, effective care to more members of our community. That attention that we placed on health equity during the pandemic, we're seeing a lot of organizations having made that substantial commitment to making progress on those fronts, building those into their goals and continuing to operate even in the face of some of those financial headwinds.
0: All right. Well, you got to prove it now. So Rihanna, I know you've done a lot of work in this area, but last year, especially during our strategy exchange, we were asking teams how planning is evolving and do they feel equipped to do that. One of the deficiencies was planning teams said, we're getting pushed to incorporate health equity and social determinants of health in our normal ad hoc and annual strategic planning processes, but we're not really comfortable, familiar with the data. Health system planning teams made progress in incorporating that data into their work.
2: What we've seen from some members is that there's definitely been a stronger push towards increasing the quality of data collection, both using community health needs assessments and also at intake and doing more screening measures. So what we've seen with regards to that is definitely the inclusion of real SOGI data, which is race, ethnicity, and language, and sexual orientation and gender identity data, social needs screenings, and identifying any potential areas where patients might need some extra support, such as housing or food insecurity, and also providing some of those wraparound services to connect patients with them as well during their stay.
1: That's one of those areas we're seeing hospitals make some of those strategic investments. We're thinking about investments in those closed loop services like Find Help or Unite Us. Those are services we see many organizations committing to help ensure that wraparound service that we're able to connect those positive screens for social need or social risk to a service that's available in the community and then that information coming back. That's something we've talked about in the past. It's something that comes up quite a bit. So there is some aspect of knowing what we need to do, but doing it better. That reflects the data collection framework. We're seeing more standardization, we're seeing more effort, we're seeing more tracking and consistency. It's something we may have been doing before. We're trying to do it better now and to better leverage some of those investments we may have made early on.
0: Tell me a story, who's doing a good job of this? How have they focused on it? How is it changing the outputs of a planning process?
1: There are a lot of organizations who are doing some really cool things to take this work to the next level. There are a couple of different ways that we've seen folks do that. And we think about the org structure side. How do we place accountability into our system to make sure that we're having somebody who's accountable for the work that we've made? We've seen some really fascinating co-titles in that role. So folks who may be focusing on health equity and sustainability, somebody who may be focusing on health equity and marketing to direct, where do we see our greatest strength and where do we see our opportunity to act? So for an organization that may be focusing on those sustainability ESG efforts, in addition to health equity, and certainly that social component aligns well with our health equity initiatives, we may see organizations prioritizing that lens to apply to their health equity initiatives. On the marketing side, what that says to me is a focus on segmentation. And we do see that as being a real opportunity for making progress in health equity is really understanding the segmentations of the population that we're serving. I was just at a conference last week talking about market-based solutions to health equity. One of the organizations that was featured was both Main Street Health and City Block Health, who both take two very different populations, one a very rural population, one an urban population, but leverage similar data and analytics to hyper-segment the populations that they're looking to serve so that they can not only proactively reach out to members who are going to be at greatest risk for a specific social need or clinical intervention, but also to make sure when they're contracting with, that they are able to identify the precise population that will be able to sustain the programs that they're building. We think about those opportunities to really hyper-segment and I know some of the work that we've been doing has been segmentation on a geographic lens. And we're getting some really interesting insights when we start looking at those social drivers by at a zip code level, How do we see behavior change or use rates change based on some of that segmentation? So I think that's a next phase in this work is how can we get much, much more precise, leverage the data and inputs that Rihanna was talking about more specific, more strategically, more surgically to find those populations where not only can we really improve outcomes for that patient population, but also potentially find those growth opportunities as well.
0: All right, Carol, like pull it back a level. Are you finding patterns around health system type? Maybe it's geographic, maybe it's AMCs versus large community hospitals, maybe it's urban versus rural in terms of where they're making bets and health equity, how they're investing in it, their ability to connect it to existing growth initiatives or existing org structures. you finding some patterns there?
1: We do see organizations who have a strong culture of data and analytics, those organizations who are very comfortable leveraging data to make strategic decisions, as being able to more quickly and more adeptly integrate the health equity data into their strategic planning and also into specific initiatives. Data-savvy organizations do tend to have that data forward approach, which we do see as being a specific advantage in addressing health equity, especially when we're thinking about reducing clinical disparities. A lot of it does come from that relationship with the community as well and sort of that relationship with our board. So we do still see a lot of very top down momentum coming from community members from the board, really pushing the executive teams to prioritize this as mission critical. So those organizations, especially nonprofit organizations, are going to be leading a lot. Of this charge. We have organizations like our, our safety net hospitals who have long been on the front line and on that frontier of doing work in health equity and paving the way. We see really looking to those safety net hospitals for those examples of what good looks like. And then increasingly, there's some niche opportunities for organizations like AMCs or children's hospitals who have that research bent where. There could be some opportunities to leverage the clinical side of the house, the med school side of the house to think about or incentivize a continued effort in health equity. So one example would be if you're working with partners to improve access to clinical trials for more diverse communities. That I think is a really great example of where we see some of our academic medical centers leading the way in addressing health disparities, not necessarily where we see our AMC members not only leading the front on addressing health disparities in the clinical side, but also to reduce those disparities in the research side as well.
0: Good, positive, optimistic stories. Is there a spot where you thought it was maybe low-hanging fruit, but you really haven't seen people make an impact yet?
1: This is actually a good segue into some of the work that we've been doing on the SG2 side for hyperlocalization. One of the big remaining challenges, and it's not going to surprise a single person listening out there today, is return on investment for these programs. Financial sustainability for the these initiatives is still extremely difficult to quantify. We've seen a lot of efforts, especially when we're talking about clinical care and clinical outcomes, looking for cost reduction opportunities reduced ED visits, reduced inpatient stays, better maintenance, making appointments, all those opportunities to help reduce cost. Unfortunately, those don't tend to build a very supportive business case long-term. We do still see most of those initiatives supported through either grants or other commitments that the health system is making to just support a better outcome for their patients. When we think about social return on investment, this is a topic we touched on last year in the executive summit. What we see is opportunities to demonstrate through collaboration with all the stakeholders involved in an investment decision like Bonsacors did with their housing program. We see the detail necessary to build out an SROI calculation that all parties can agree to can be done but it is extremely difficult to scale. If you do it once for one program, you've done it once for one program and you're not necessarily going to be able to translate that work to other initiatives across, even across the system. So what we've been thinking about a lot lately is what are those opportunities to bring together some of our growth projections, especially on the inpatient side and our understanding of use rate disparities when we've been looking at the data segmented by social determinants of health. That's an area of active research for us and Rihanna, do you want to share a little bit about what we've been seeing in the data? Sure.
2: Something that's been interesting is that we've been seeing increased rates of certain chronic diseases or procedures, in particular zip codes that are considered more or less vulnerable. We're using this by connecting the Vizient Vulnerability Index and using it at the zip code level and connecting that to state data and looking at how service utilization is varied both on the inpatient and outpatient side. For example, we've seen with chronic disease such as diabetes that in less resourced communities that there's higher use rates. So you can use that in order to build a business case and develop a strategy to target some solutions for specific zip codes to target diabetes. On the inverse, we've also found that there are certain procedures and care families such as eating disorders or TAVR where those who are in more well-resourced communities have higher use rates of those. And so you can definitely be able to understand who is in the community and looking at the difference of the disease prevalence based on some of these social drivers.
1: Just for some quick background, the VISION Vulnerability Index is a quantitative assessment of community social determinants of health factors that may influence a person's overall health. We are measuring those social determinants of health across nine different domains, which can include things like public safety, clean environment, as well as housing and transportation access within the community leveraging publicly available data across those nine domains, our data scientists at Visient were able to provide a geography-based method for interrogating the use rate disparities among populations that are negatively impacted by social determinants of health. And for our purposes, we can leverage that at the zip code level. The VVI itself can actually go down even more granular to the census tract level. But for our purposes, we're focusing at the zip code level and using the VVI as a kind of relative grading scale where we can compare across all of the different zip codes in the United States, what is the relative social drivers of health need in individual communities across the country?
0: We are doing our best to give planning teams the tools they need to connect this to the everyday work they do, which often includes our forecast tools. It's pretty exciting, it's a big lift. Carolyn Rana, when I asked you to do an episode, I wasn't sure if you were gonna say, people aren't really spending a ton of time here, I'm so excited to hear that kind of momentum has continued here. Any thoughts or things you wanted to mention that we haven't covered yet?
1: I would just add on a note of optimism that we do see some really exciting efforts coming from health systems across the company. And there absolutely is a role for health systems in addressing the social determinants of health within our community. I'm very encouraged by the commitment that we do see from health systems across the country. And despite financial headwinds, despite some roadblocks along the way, that health equity initiatives are here to stay. And I'm excited to see what health systems do next.
2: We're definitely seeing a lot more organization and and efforts that health systems are putting in towards health equity. We're at a really exciting time. We're definitely seeing a lot of innovative programs and partnerships that are coming out in this space. And so really excited to see where this goes next.
0: Thank you both for sharing your perspective, sharing what you've seen from SG 2 members and other health systems. I'm excited to have you back, hopefully in the near future as you hear more and more stories of how members are making progress on health equities. Thanks so much for sharing on SG2 Perspectives. Thanks so much for listening to SG2 Perspectives. As always, I really value your feedback, input, Comments or ideas for episodes, and you can reach us at SG2Perspectives at SG2.com. Additionally, I recommend that you check out some of the other Visiant podcasts, which cover a range of clinical and operational areas. Those can all be found at Visiantinc.com backslash podcasts.